Morning, everybody. This is Jen, and I'm here with Erica, and welcome to Dear Boss Ladies, where we talk about all things about being female entrepreneurs and the bosses of our homes and our business. Let's get right into it. Hi, everyone. What's happening? <laughs> We're Erica and Jen from the Dear Boss Ladies. Woo! <laughs> well, that looked less than exciting, but I am excited today. I'm just tired. <laughs> Yes, because we have a really fun topic to talk about, which is resumes. Yeah, but not the way you think we're going to talk about a resume. We're going to talk about trash resumes. Yes, trash resumes. And mine looks like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> so let's like dive into it. So we've been talking about how because of our spouse's position where they have to travel and change locations and living. Erica's a military wife and I'm a pilot wife. Um, our resumes look like absolute shit. Like we can't <laughs> hold a job. Yeah. But that's actually not true. So do you want to talk a little bit about your resume? <laughs> Yeah, I, I can talk about my, res my resume. So my resume is all over the place. Every time I apply for a position, they're like, well, what are your skills? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I have a lot of job experience. And, you know, a lot of the responses is, um, wow, you're, you're all over the place. You have a lot of different things. And it's a good thing. And I think it's also a bad thing because, you know, you ask myself, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up because I never really was a subject matter expert on one thing. It was yeah. just all over the place. So how does your resume look? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I had a steady resume for a five-year period in my life. <laughs> I was a stay-at-home mom before that, so I thought, like, oh, great. Like, all the kids are old enough. They're all in school or old enough to be in daycare. I'm going to work full time. I'm taking this position and I was working for the airline. I worked for Horizon Air and I was there for five years until the station closed. And at that point in time, I was married to Jesse and we were going to start moving places because of his career. And from that point forward, my resume took a nosedive of Six-month position here, one-year position there, three months here, and it was a lot of raised eyebrows when mm -hmm. I got interviews, but also, I can fucking do any job. <laughs> like, I don't care how long I've worked at it. I immerse myself in mm -hmm. every position, and I think that if you can get past the paper part of it you'll know that, like, mm -hmm. I'm a dedicated person. Like, you give me a chance, and I will work my ass off for you. A hundred percent. Like, I'll work harder than anybody else in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think you're that way, too. Yeah, definitely. But it it doesn't look like that at first, right? Because no. it's like, you know, one position, you're a teacher, and the next position, you're in sales. It's like, okay, well, what? Yeah. What's going on? So, let's... When I first graduated college, I was a, a real estate agent because I needed a job that can I can play with my hours because my school schedule. And um, so that was fun. I did that for a little bit, maybe two years. And then I realized I don't want to be in sales. <laughs> this is not what I want to do. Um, <laughs> I just, no, I just can't do it for me. That's just me. I'm an introvert. 
I think at heart, I am not really out there. So I realized that's not what I want to do. And, and then after that, um, I got pregnant. <laughs> that's what always happens. And you just got to stay home. <laughs> that's what always happens. And you're like, okay, I can't really work because you can't have, you can't raise a newborn and, and work full. Or you can. You can, you can do that. Things are different now, though. Things yeah. are different now. Like, there are yeah. breaks and nursing rooms and opportunities for women to still have careers. But it didn't used to be that way. So, yeah. And those days are... Childcare is expensive. It's it's like you're working just for daycare, and it's exactly. no, like no. Anyway, so then after that, I um I was working for LSG Sky Chefs as a customer service account manager. You were, yeah. It was okay, so, so much fun. For people that don't know yeah. what the Sky Chefs is, they bring food to the mm-hmm. airplanes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did for two years, and it was like. <laughs> really fun that's awesome I did not know I didn't that. tell you about that no <laughs> see I used to be in real estate too so that's yet another <laughs> it's funny how resume. our like our lives align it's just yes. really hilarious um <laughs> yeah so what I did was I would you know meet with the airlines and kind of pitch them different menu ideas and I would have to craft the menu and show them kind of design the menu for them and talk with the chefs what what kind of food they want and how because with airlines it's all about seasons yeah so you have to match the menu with the seasons so if it's like winter the, the meals have to be like soups and like warm things because that's the season and we were in Asia so it was a lot of like uh, Korean Japanese mm. it was so much fun but then I got pregnant <laughs> again so I had to quit um, <laughs> because again childcare is expensive and uh, and can we just talk about that yeah. too because childcare is averaging what it, I don't know what it is now but at that point in time when I was at, when I had small kids it was like three dollars an hour but I was making like 10 before insurance mm-hmm. before taxes before my 401k so my paycheck coming home and then paying childcare was about $150 every two weeks at the end of it. Like, it just yeah. doesn't add up. So everybody wants to talk shit about, like, people who stay home with their kids. But you guys can go fuck yourselves because it's very <laughs> expensive. It is. And the money, it doesn't make sense. And that I think that's why a lot of women mm-hmm. choose to stay home and get any kind of financial help and support. Because how do you feed your kids? On $150 every two weeks. I mean, this is 20 years ago, but it's not that long ago. No. Like, yours is way more recent, and I'm sure the childcare prices have increased to match the income increase. Not to mention now with COVID. <sighs> how how are, yeah, how are you going to have daycare and then your kid's sick or other kids are sick and, and you have to stay home? And it's hard. Yeah, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. So childcare is just like the reason why I have a lot of gaps in my resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not that I'm hate being a mom and you know, that's not it. It's just how can you, I guess really you have to be adaptable and flexible. I think that's really the key. The key. Mm-hmm. I was watching Netflix last night and it was about like the brain. And if you constantly put yourself through the, these experiences, um, you're kind of like, uh, exercising your brain to be more flexible, be more adaptable. And I think that's why yeah. moms and mom mompreneurs are just Killing fucking amazing because yes. they have to constantly 
adapt and be I'm saying the same words all the time, but you just have to, you know? I <laughs> There's no other word yeah. for it. You are always, you're like a little chameleon. Like, you're always adapting. And you're also switching out those hats yes, all, all day time. long. All day long. Like, I can be on the phone with a client, and then I got a kid literally wrapped around my leg, and I'm like... I can't go still. I can't go show a house right now. Like there's mm-hmm. no possible way. I don't have anybody to watch. So then your your business suffers, and then you look unprofessional, like you didn't want the job or you didn't work hard enough in that sense. So sales was really hard for me when the kids were younger. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, hard. It is. Um, now I'm easy with it. Yeah. Now it's like <laughs> okay. Now we're just having fun. Um, and where were we? Well, we're talking <laughs> resumes, resumes, and then the the travel aspect of right. like you guys came from Guam. Mm-hmm. to the smallest town in the Oregon coast. It's not the smallest, but it's actually we're the biggest, but it feels pretty small. <laughs> I love it here. It reminds me of Guam, the small yeah. town, yeah. the small town vibe. I um, imagine so. I haven't been to Guam, but Kauai, we used to live out there, and it's the same thing. It was like, who's big on an island? Take <laughs> <laughs> hunting and mud and trucks mm-hmm. and the whole deal. Pretty much. <laughs> like... Pretty much. Same vibe. But for you guys, um, relocating here meant that you had to have yet another... Another job. Another job. Right. A different kind of job. You didn't get to bring your career along with you here. No, I don't think you can ever. Right? So after I was with LSG, I had two... two, I had three kids already, you know, two little ones, and I thought, okay, I need to find a job where I can be home earlier, so that's Mm -hmm. when I became a teacher, (laughs) <laughs> See, right? It's all over the place. Real estate, customer service, teacher. And then I was, you know, and then I was doing that for a while. I had all my kids in that school. So it was, it was really fun. I was I was with them all the time. That's nice. Um, you know, talk about saran wrap parenting for sure, <laughs> right? It, it was crazy. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, I feel like for my kids' whole life, I've always been with them mm-hmm. and around mm-hmm. them. And then we moved here. We moved during COVID. Like, the day we landed was the day all the airports shut down. Oh, my yeah. God. It I was, was coming back from Mexico that day. It was insane. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh, we would have been stuck because Guam closed all their flights. So we yeah. wouldn't have traveled. For maybe almost a year, it was insane. Unbelievable. Yeah. That was the worst. And then here, you can't work. I was like, okay, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And then I started, I found a job as a trainer, which kind of related to education. I was a teacher. Yeah, and you customer know, service. Customer service. So I did that for a few years, and it was, it was so much fun, right? So, but all those gaps in between with childcare and then all the you know, different types of jobs. You know, if you look at resumes, they're all kind of specialized, mm-hmm. right? Like if you look into tech, I can't do that. Or, you know, my degrees have nothing to do with, <laughs> with what I'm doing with Same. Like it's all over the place. But I think we kind of just have to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? in your degree, what is your degree? Could you remind everybody? Accounting. <laughs> Minus psychology. And a focus on substance abuse. <laughs> The only thing it's helping me with right now is to remind myself patience with patience. people. Yes. And that everybody is dealing with some shit yes. somewhere. But your accounting degree has got to be fantastic for you. you got to be way better with money than I am. I think I so. I like to shop. I like to save. <laughs> I'm all about saving and putting money in the right places and all Good. of that. So, And I think that's really helped me with my personal, our personal finances Mm -hmm. and being able to adapt, right? Because I feel like if you're constantly afraid of 
that paycheck or when yeah. you're going to get your, you know, food it's on the hard. table and things like that. It's, that's a horror. It's just hard. Well, and living yeah. paycheck to paycheck, nobody likes, I think everybody's gone through it at some point yeah, in time. So definitely. there's no shame in that. Like, don't knock yourselves for it. It will get better. You just have to keep plugging away at it. Yes. So we are living currently in a small town. What's our population here? Like 25,000 between the two cities. It's not a lot. It, I think it's less than... Oh, maybe a lot of people have dropped out of the area. <laughs> Coos Bay and North Bend together have maybe 25,000. Maybe. Don't quote us on that. But I service local clients and Erica services folks that are not in this area. So mm -hmm. all of her work is out of area and mine is very face-to-face -face in area. So what is the difference for you having to... Like, I have to go and find somebody. I have to go to their office and talk to them and, like, get on my hands and knees and beg for them to just listen to what I have to say and hope they don't ghost me at the end of it. And then you have mm -hmm. people more so coming to you right now? Yeah, I, I think Kinda? it's pretty much. I think it's because um, I haven't I haven't niched. I'm like all over the place, which I, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. It's um, the beginning stages. It's the beginning, and I think... You can't niche until you know exactly what that's going to look like. No. Um, but I think so far, a lot of my clients I, I have known or people that I know know. So it's okay. a lot of referrals. That's really nice. Things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's... I, I, I think our clientele is very different because totally different. I don't know anybody here in Coos Bay or Coos County. I don't know how to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. um, but Jen does. Jen knows, you know, she's in real estate here. So <laughs> I've been here for, well, I used to be in real estate and that is not where I got my client base. My client base came more so from probably my mom. Mm -hmm. And not my mom handing me my client base, but my mom being in the real estate industry for, oh God, I think we're going on. 30 years now and I my first job at 18 was working in a real estate office so mm -hmm. I was pregnant <laughs> that's all <laughs> I the couldn't case. have the job for very long because I had morning sickness through it and then I ended up you know you got to have a baby so I sure was taking a break then but that was my first professional position mm -hmm. and I kept in contact with all of those people I still talk to them today. So mm -hmm. I have built friendships and I genuinely, I genuinely care about the people that I'm working with. I'm not just like grabbing mm -hmm. people and bullshitting you and telling you what you want to hear. Right. I'm talking to you because I think that we work well together. And that I think is the blessing for a local clientele because I know them. Mm -hmm. I don't know their personal life, but I know their business. I know how they work. Some of them I know their personal life, but more so like, would we fit together mm -hmm. as a professional relationship? And I've had the opportunity to work with them outside of this business for so long that they know what they're going to get. They know my attitude. <laughs> they know that there is no filter. And they also know that I will listen and hear everything that they say. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely nice to have that face-to-face -face local client. Whereas you have to, you know, you're being referred, but mm -hmm. do you feel like you have to kind of sell yourself a little bit more to them or not so much right now? With, with my, with my current clients? No. Okay. Um, we just, 
I treat them, I don't know. I, I think our relationship with, with my current clients is just very, um, it's very professional. Um, but it's one of those things that's like, I have your back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you can always lean on me when you need something and don't be afraid to ask me for, you know, things. Yeah. But in terms of like selling myself, I think if I were to grow my business, I would have to sell myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my struggle with social media came in when I was yeah. venting to her about social media. I'm like, ah, I don't know how to sell myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's where that's where I'm at right now. But do you sell yourself or do you just be yourself? Be myself, sell my... But the thing is, it's like, how, what's the difference, right, in social media? It's yeah. it's kind of hard because you don't want to completely be yourself because you don't really want to be too personal. Right. Like Because personal's, personal's good, private's bad. Right. Don't give everybody your dirty laundry, but you have to give you right. to them so they know who you are. And then I think it goes back to our earlier conversation, guests ghosting us, <laughs> and we're thinking maybe it's because it's on we're live, you know, we're on video, That's and a it's big not issue. scripted. It's, yeah, it's being yourself, and it's it's hard. It's hard, isn't it hard? And it's I mean, funny. it's not for me, <laughs> but it is for you. It is. This isn't comfortable for you. No. But I've been on the stage my whole life, so put me in front of two thousand people, and I'm just as comfortable as if it's one on one. I don't. I don't get phased by that. Whereas. Maybe because you were performing. She was a dancer. Mm-hmm. And a singer. And a singer. So that's what, that's why you're so comfortable. Yeah. Being, you know, being in front of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am not. <laughs> I more try like, to. Yeah. I feel like you have a little more. Like you're sorry to cut you off there. A little oh, no. more reserved. But I also think it's because not because you don't want to be on camera or in person you are still trying to think about what to say to make it look great maybe yeah when really just be erica erica's awesome you guys (laughs) where were we (laughs) (laughs) she's like and we're moving on from that we're moving on from that so uh, that i guess brings us to maybe like the go-getter attitude yeah and looking at things like it's sink or swim it is. What is a go-getter attitude? That's a tough question mm-hmm. because I don't feel, I feel like I have a go-getter attitude in some ways, but I also am like, well, this is just how I work. This is just me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not having to readjust and think about like, oh, if I talk to people, I need to have this many conversations to get this many clients. Like, yeah, there's a formula and a, a numbers mm-hmm. to it, but... It's just my attitude. How are you? What are you thinking with yours? With my go-getter attitude? Um, I think it's the same way. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I, so we've always had to kind of provide for our children because I think when you have, when you have kids, you kind of have to like, oh, I need to have food on the table. I have to have a house to live in. So just this constant Finding ways to make money. Finding ways to make money. And Mm -hmm. that's the go-getter attitude, I think, that's been instilled. And I think, too, it's how I was raised. Yeah. Um, You know, my parents were both really successful business um, people. And it's kind of like, that's how I grew up. And I have to, and that's just me. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to explain what it is. How do you explain that? It is difficult. So I guess, like, with finding ways to make money, Mm -hmm. I was raised in, we talked a little bit about this, a traditional family. My dad was the breadwinner for most of my life. 
I think my mom went to work when I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was very important for them was that my mom was there to raise five kids. Mm-hmm. And my dad worked constantly, but uh, my mom always had a little side hustle. Like she wanted a little extra. She wanted to buy school clothes or she wanted to buy, you know, get her nails done or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she created a business from nothing. And then at some point, like she was selling to Nordstrom, like she had a clothing line and she was doing great, but that translated over to her getting her real estate license and then being in the industry for so long. So my parents have always, there's always a way to make money Mm -hmm. and there is no excuse for not working and not working hard. And then I'm fortunate enough to have Jesse, who also shares that view of like, it's important to be financially stable, mm-hmm. but uh, we all struggled. Like we struggled when mm-hmm. like we've been together for a long time now and it was really hard at first. Like we weren't making the money that we are now, but you, you pay your dues, right? right? Like your parents probably didn't just like snap a finger and then all of a sudden they're successful. Like, no. it doesn't work like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's my, hard. My dad started off, he would always tell me the story. He he started off, and he's, I think, one of my biggest um, inspirations is he started off as a windshield cleaner. Oh, wow. Yeah, in California. And At the stoplights? Uh I don't know, actually. I think it was, like, businesses. He would clean oh, windows. And the windows of the businesses. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what it was. And then he started, he, and he always talks about it. He doesn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, basically, he was born and raised in Michigan. And then he moved to California. And then he started his own, like, cleaning app. Okay, don't quote me. But he did something like that. <laughs> and then he got into um, selling cell phones, a Motorola. Wow. Yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day. And then he moved to Guam. And he became this, basically, he was a CEO of Docomo Pacific, and just really, really, you know, he really worked his way up, mm-hmm. and he worked really hard without a degree, and it's that work ethic. And yeah. my mom was the same way, too. She, you know, she started off, um, she had kids young, too, mm-hmm. um, but she was always working really hard, and she's, you know, stayed in, she was working at Hilton for oh, a while, yeah. and now she's the director of sales in Hilton, so... Right. You know, that, that mentality, I just kind of yeah grew up with it, you know? Um, yeah. You have to work. Yeah. You have and to you work. you have to be successful, but it doesn't have to be in this, like, if you don't, you're a shitty person way. No. Like, this is just, you have to find a way to make money. You have to. You have to. So what do you think the outside perspective is on that sort of thing? Like, people kind of looking at us like... They're crazy. What are they doing? We are crazy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we're not. <laughs> I'm crazy. I know yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I think the outside looking in, um, maybe they're, I don't know. I Tell what us. What do you think? What do you guys think? <laughs> Tell us. Like, how does your family talk to you about being an entrepreneur and starting a business and being fresh off this and, you know, getting things going and getting your business off the ground. What is the support or judgment or complaints or advice that you're getting from your family? Cause we're, we're super interested because ours are very supportive. Like they might think we're crazy on some <laughs> side, but I know that if I said tomorrow, like I'm going to do this, this and this, then my husband would be like, Go for it. How can mm-hmm. I support you in that? Even if he thinks I'm absolutely insane. So mm-hmm. yeah, like Andrew, 
I'm like, oh, and then I go to Jen's house, we're going to report a podcast, and he's like, you? Andrew needs to be a report guest. Report a podcast. Oh, yeah, he, he would be Wait, really funny. Wait, he, he wants talking. to be a guest. He's like, yes. I want to like, come here and talk about the husband perspective. Yeah, Andrew, come and <laughs> be on our funny. pod. But yeah, I think both, and you know what's funny? Like, Jesse and Andrew, they kind of have the same personality. Mm-hmm. They're both pretty, like, quiet. chill. And, well, they're, like, quiet until you get them talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's nonstop, but they're fun. Um, yeah, they're both. They're both also like family is everything, mm-hmm. everything. And I think um, even on the days that we wanted to strangle all of the children in the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> family is still everything. And that's why we do this, right? So that we can still be present and available and help financially. But still putting family first. Family, yeah. Always family first. And I think that's our motto. You know, like that's everything that we do. Look like yeah. shit. That's exactly why we resumes. put the family first. I wonder if you could put that on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because, I mean, I don't know if it looks this way anymore. But when I first started applying for jobs, like the reason I got the airline job is because I had somebody that worked there. And mm-hmm. I tra- it took me two years to get the job. And I would go in there and just be like, when are you going to hire me? You know you need me here. When are you going to hire me? And there was just no position. And funny story is when I finally got hired was when Jesse, my husband, who was not my husband at the time, Went to flight school mm-hmm. and left his job, and I took his job. So that's how we actually met, is I went for a job interview, and I had to fly to Seattle for it, and he checked me in at the airport, and he said, he doesn't remember this, but he says he does, and he does not, that um, <laughs> I usually have a nose ring in, and he said, if you leave that in, um, Dean, who was our boss, the best boss ever, will never say anything to you, but if you leave it in in Seattle, like you won't get the job. And he was right. Like, I forgot to take it out one day, and I found out, like, years later that they had dinged me in my file (laughs) for not taking my nose ring out. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so family is super important. And when I applied for that job, I had to explain to them why I had not a lot of work experience because I had, uh, like, probably six or eight years without working and just raising kids. I mean, I bartended here and there. But overall, I didn't have, like, a job. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. What is it like now, you guys that are stay-at-home moms trying to enter the workforce? We also didn't have the internet. No. So, I didn't, there was, this was not an opportunity at all. Like, you could not just be like, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to work from home and I have all these tools and all this stuff to do it. This is not how it used to be. Well, I had MySpace back then. But I don't think it was... About it wasn't business, right? Like it no, was just, no. Twitter yeah. was business when it first started, but it was only networking. Nobody was making money mm-hmm. from networking. Like I got Instagram when there was nobody on there. Like I got Instagram right off the bat, and I could. There was nobody to follow. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've had the struggle, the family. Like everything is difficult, but we're doing it, mm-hmm. and we're getting past all of this bullshit. Yeah. How how did we? Just by that go-getter attitude and, and not giving up, not giving up and being flexible and adaptable and mm-hmm. just doing your best. I think. Yeah. Well, and for me, it was very important to, um, you know, when I married Jesse, I knew and he was very upfront with me. Like, this is my career. This is my life. And 
we will have to move and you are going to have to be realistic about like the types of jobs you choose and things like that. Because mm-hmm. if I'm moving every couple years, I can't, you know, I'm going to start college here and then I got to leave and go somewhere else. I did my college online because of that. I, um, you know, I can't just, I'm going to have a, a job for six months here and I'm going to have a job for three months there and then I'm going to go live somewhere for two months or two years or whatever. And, and I think if I hadn't been willing to be the person who was like, all right, we're moving. This is where we're going. Let's go mm-hmm. and be flexible in that sense and have the kind of attitude. Like I can get a job anywhere. I can make it anywhere. I can get money anywhere I need to go and the kids will be fine. Mm-hmm. I think that was for me how I got through. Yeah. How I survived. So we're going to go ahead and get off of this train right now. And we're going to get some food and we'll see you guys later. (laughs) All right. Bye.